What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the After Effects Podcast Show. I am your host, LeBron Stephan, but you can call me LBZ, L Boogie, Big Brown, 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 B Ron, LB, Barani, the choice is yours. Welcome to episode 79. We have a very, very, very special guest, David Lighty, a Cleveland legend, is on the show today. Cleveland native, starred at Villa Angela St. Joe High School, where he was an all state performer, chose to play basketball at the Ohio State University, was a part of that illustrious Final Four team. His freshman year, um, he'll the career games played in Division One men's basketball record at, at 157 games since it was broken recently by Jordan Bohanna at Iowa last year. Now he is in his 11th or 12th year in the Euro in the Euro League playing in French. He's a uh, I believe four time um, French French tournament champ for uh, French league champion. Um, what else? So many accolades, two-time French League Finals MVP, et cetera, et cetera. So he's still playing. I think he's in his 12th season. I just sent him the link. Super excited to to connect with David, talk about him growing up in Cleveland and the after effect of his career, though he's still playing, all the lessons he's learned. So just send him the link, and once he jumps on, we will go. Hello.
What's up, bro? Can you hear me? Yeah, yeah, we all good, though. All right, all right. What's going on, man? How are you? I'm good, fam. I'm over here chilling out, living yes, out fresh. 
fresh living. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I appreciate you coming up the time, man. I know, I know, I know you're super busy. I, I won't try to take too much of your time. Nah, yeah, you good, man. Ain't no problem, bro. Yeah, yeah. So, um, this is called the After Effects show. I started about two years ago. It's always been my belief that every athlete, you know, top tier, middle, whatever, uh, you know, we all have an after effect or aftershock from our career, man. The wins, the losses, the injuries, the the racism, the nepotism, kind of everything that we go through as, as athletes. This is you talking about a fifteen to twenty year relationship. This is kind of just a free a free space, man, for us to um, kind of relive the journey, and you know, really just try to push the culture forward, man. I think that it's just a lot of guys. The only guys that really have like podcasts and voices are like the guys that make it. You know, the guys that played 10, 15 years. You know, they 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 have all these big podcasts, and I'm major fans of that, right? But um, I think the lion's share of the consumers of that kind of content is guys like us, guys that have to play overseas or, or me. I've had to play arena ball and just try to get a foot in the door. It never happened for me. And I had to kind of, kind of live with that. I used to actively playing, but it's hundreds and hundreds of guys that have great high school and college careers. And, you know, they're seemingly, you know, forgot about, you know, so this is kind of just trying to highlight that and trying to, trying to give guys a voice and also, you know, give guys just a chance to, to kind of relive that journey. I think that, you know, guys get married and have kids and just never have that, that chance or opportunity unless maybe they go to therapy to kind of relive everything that happened. So. No, definitely sit back and reflect on it all, man. I definitely yeah. understand. Yeah, definitely. yeah, definitely. Definitely. So I just got two current events before we dive into you growing up in Cleveland, man. I'm not sure if you've been following, you know, the NBA, but who do you have, who do you have winning the finals? Have you been following it? Or I, I mean, I, I know you still actually oh, playing right now. Yeah, yeah I, I stay tuned in. I stay locked in uh, on the NBA games. It's actually like it's a six hour difference here. Okay. The games come on at 8 p.m., 9 p.m. back home. It's, Two and three in the morning here. I'm still up watching the games. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. <laughs> for, sure, for sure. But it's going to be a tough one, man. Warriors came out of nowhere right. uh, this season and surprised a lot of people. You know, they came back to that that level of excellence that they they had a couple of years ago. But yes, uh, I'm rocking with the new boys. <laughs> awesome, man. I, just, yeah. I just like the group that they have. Mm -hmm. uh, Me too. I think they, they, I think they match up very good with the Warriors, too. Exactly, and that as well. I think um, the feistiness that Miami had, mm -hmm. it, it would have been okay versus the Warriors, but the overall talent, I don't think they would put them over the hump. And I exactly. think Boston had it. Exactly. So it's going to be interesting to see, but they, they got some young killers out there that, that's ready to eat, for real. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I, I totally attest to that. I think that I have been saying that if the Heat got past the Celtics, I think the Warriors would have swept them, maybe, maybe five games. Just because, like you said, they got the tenacity in the defense, but – the, the talent level ain't there. Um, and I think that everybody kind of counting the Celtics out because the young boys, they don't have any final experience. But every great, yeah. you know, LeBron, uh, uh, Steph, Draymond, at some point back in 2014, back in 2007, they didn't have any final experience either. And they had, once exactly. they got there, they, you know, they got over that hump. So I think, I think this may be their time, but they just got to be a little more consistent because the Warriors, yeah. you, you know how they play. If they hitting shots, it's, you, you got to bring exactly. it. <laughs> exactly. I mean, that's definitely true. I mean, the only way you're going to learn is through experience. And now exactly. they're here. They arrive. Exactly. And it's about, uh, like you say, them being consistent. But I think the coaching staff all the way to the front office, they mm -hmm. come up with great game plans and then they go out there and execute. Execute. Yeah. You see all the games they run on the road. Uh, exactly. This whole playoff series. So exactly. It's like they go into the foxhole ready, ready for whatever, basically. Yeah. So, like you said, going yeah. against going. They, they they definitely gonna have to be, <laughs> yeah they're gonna have to execute uh they almost gave it away last night if jimmy butler yeah, hit, sure. jimmy butler yeah. hit that shot we you know we could be talking about the heat so 
Um, that 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 was a good series because you know the Western Conference Finals. That was that was hard to watch. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely wasn't even expected. Man. Yeah, Dallas. yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah it would it would have been a better series if the Suns won, but yeah, I love I, I love your insight on that, man. I know I, I know you were a basketball savant. <laughs> <laughs> gotta be, gotta be. Same yeah, same. yeah. Last thing, bro. Um, ever since I'm, I was born in '89, I'm sure you was probably born in '88. Um, we've never walked through a coronavirus pandemic. The world has never shut down. We've never had to wear masks. So, how did you kind of find yourselves? We're like over two years removed, about 28 months removed from that. Um, how did you find yourself having to grow spiritually, emotionally, physically, um, just during those times, having to, not sure if you had to pivot in certain ways. I know you've been over in your, for 10 plus years, but, um, how was that experience for you? Just expound on that a little bit. Uh, it was crazy. It was like a movie for real, man. It, it definitely tested your, your, your mental strength, willpower and all of that stuff. Uh, like you said, it's, it's something that we really never been through because yeah. I was literally over here in the season in March. Mm. Um, actually watching the basketball games. It was the Utah Jazz, the Rudy Gobert stuff. He was touching yeah. everything. Yeah. They canceling their game. Uh, literally the next day we go to practice like, man, y'all see all that crazy stuff going on? Yeah. Two days later, we shut down. Actually, my team over here, Tony Parker's my owner. Okay. So he hit us up like, they about to shut the borders down in France. Y'all need to get home like tomorrow. Oh, wow. Oh, so, okay. So they, they, let, y'all, they let y'all leave though. Yeah, they let us okay. leave. It okay. was literally this is like twelve midnight. He he messaged us. Okay, I got to flight out by eight a.m. the next day because after wow. that they not let nobody else in or out. Basically, wow, yeah, it was like a whole t- tussle to, to get up out of there. But and then uh, how I, long? How long did they shut? Did they shut you all down for? They shut us down until well, actually they can't. They end up canceling the season, so we didn't finish. Okay. Usually, because right now we're in the playoffs over here, so usually right. we finish in June. But they they canceled the whole season and then we pushed the season back so we didn't start until like mid-october the, the next year but mm. i think that was even more crazier because there's no fans right uh, <laughs> everything in the city was basically shut down still you got to get COVID yeah. tested every day yeah. man look at here i took i think it was 82 COVID tests we had to take because we traveling and we mm. got to play against different teams in different countries and stuff like that and then different countries had different rules so it was definitely a mental strain on you to, to yeah. test your power. Like, how much do you really love all this? Exactly. And, you know, keep going about it. But, yeah. uh, I mean, to, to be home, though, that I think that was a blessing. I got to sit down. And, and like you said, like like the podcast, I got to reflect a lot. Mm-hmm. To be home with family, that was the most I've been home uh, since, since high school. High, I was about to say, high, yeah, you always high, been on the go. Yeah. Oh, six. Yeah. So literally, uh, it time to refresh and i think it definitely helped me out a lot for sure okay okay yeah 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 that's great i think we all had to pivot in some kind of ways and and like you said that was the most time i ever i spent with my family as well um probably since high school <laughs> probably since high school because i've always even after college i've always lived somewhere else um so yeah man it was um it's crazy that they talk about the numbers is back up and up to yeah, yeah and now yeah. now i'm back wearing my mask in the grocery store Man, it's just, it's like, it's kind of like almost just like a way of life now. Um, but them popped up out of nowhere now, too. Yeah, so yeah. It's like, man. It. <laughs> yeah, it seemed like like a never anything. Like, like, like it, like you just got to learn to live with it. It almost, it's, it's almost like, yeah. No, for sure. I mean, like, yeah. like you said, that, that's when it tests you what you're going to do, how you going to move. And, and exactly. Uh, exactly. With this newfound stuff that we got going on. 
Yeah, man. Yeah. Yeah. I think it never going to stop, man. So um, paint me a picture on like what it was like growing up in Cleveland in the nineties, man. I always, and I kind of feel, Oh, when I, when I say this, I'm 33, but you know, we didn't grow up like the kids now, you know, we didn't have the, I think, I believe the internet came out in 98 and like you had to have money to even be able to afford to go buy a, a, a PC. Um, um, so we didn't have the internet. We didn't have camera phones. We didn't have phones at all. Cell phones. Um, we, yeah, like we, we would be outside being creative, uh, making up games, have to be in when the streetlights come on. I think that it was more it was kind of a more interactive world because you had to interact. You had to make friends. You didn't you didn't have devices to be on that that, that could hold your attention. So what was it like growing up for you? Like, you know, in the night just in Cleveland? Uh, I mean, it's just like you said, it was it was just us being creative as kids. Yeah. Like my son now, he, he was using an iPad when he was two years old, three years old. Like mm-hmm. we didn't have none of that. Like you said, it was, it was like, my people's made me go outside. You go outside and play. Have fun. <laughs> right. Like, right. Yeah, we play curveball, we play dino man, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Trying to figure out ways that we can sneak around the corner and not get caught and come back real quick or something like that. Yeah, like, high and seek, any bounce. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, any bounce, man, you just took it back, man. I ain't played any bounce in so long. <laughs> but right. yeah, it's just like the creativity of a kid. Your imagination is mm-hmm. what drove you. Exactly. And I think uh, just us being active and being mm-hmm. outside, like you're saying, cr- creating new things and, and uh, new ways for us to have fun exactly. uh, was the thing. Literally, it was the thing. What was exactly. y'all going to figure out for that day? What was the adventure for the day? Yeah. And I think that's definitely something new uh, that that they don't have anymore. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> in this day and age. Yeah, yeah. The they want to stay inside and stay on the iPad or stay on the video game. I was about to say, and- yeah. At this point, like I don't look down on that because now it, gamers are making millions of dollars and getting deals and all these kind of things. So if you if you really good at it, like you know you you, you can make money with yourself. You can make it a career. It, exactly. So it's the whole perspective on it. I mean, it's yeah. always going to be growth. It's always going to be evolution. Things mm-hmm. are always going to change. And always. even like when we was young, a whole head's talking about oh, y'all young boys. Y'all don't know this and that. <laughs> right um, now we know. Now we the old heads. <laughs> The cycle just going. I mean, that's just how it is. Yeah. So yeah. you're gonna to adapt to it basically. Exactly. And, and keep up with the trends and what's going on. Exactly. And, uh, you know, recreate yourself or stay fresh and what's going on that's new. Oh yeah, facts, facts, man. So um what what middle school did you go to before you went to St. Joe's? Oh man, I was uh, St. Aloysius. I went to okay. King. Okay. And then I went to uh St. Louis. Okay. I grew, I grew up in EC, so all okay. our people went to Chambers. Okay. Mayfair, okay. Like Mayfair, I mean, so okay. I, I would have okay. Shaw or either Glenville, Shaw or Glenville. Guillermo okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm already I'm yeah. knowing because I remember, like, I went to Whitney Young, so like we used to play like Patrick Henry, Harry Davis, um, you know, all those schools, uh, you know, around Central, all around in that area. And I remember hearing no, about but- you when I was in seventh grade and you was in eighth grade and then hearing that you was going to St. Joe's. So I pretty much kind of like been following following your career ever since then. Um because like if you remember in Cleveland public schools and middle school they there was no they didn't have any football teams. Yeah, so yeah, all yeah, I could, yeah 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 so all I could do and I, I couldn't play mean league I was too big <laughs> so yeah, I would play it. soccer middle school basketball in the in the winter I mean soccer in the fall basketball in the winter and then track in the in the spring just to like stay fast. So when I got to ninth grade, I could play football. Um, so I just, so I have been following your career ever since then. And then like, I know you played football in ninth and the 10th and I, and I DM'd you about your 10th grade year. Cause I was the last year you played football, right? Until you just yeah, played basketball. 
I should. I mean, looking back on it, I, I regret it, but I only did it because of my um, because of my school. Uh, yeah, like, they asked they, you they, just to play basketball. Play. They no, they wanted me to play football still, but they wanted me to play quarterback, and I said I didn't really want to play QB. Yeah, because because you played receiver at the time, right? Yeah, I was basically top five receiver in the country at the time. They wanted mm -hmm. to play quarterback the next year, but the whole starting line was leaving. They were seniors. Okay, so I'm like. I'm not about to be running around for my life, messing around, right. and get hurt. Right. Now I'm missing football, uh, basketball. I mean, I'm gonna miss right. basketball. And, and that's it's a quick, it's a quick turnaround too. Like you got to you go, yeah. you, they give you one day off, and then you right into basketball practice. <laughs> Basically, that's exactly what it is. So, right. really, I was gonna just sit out my my junior year and see how I like like just playing one sport because okay. I always had love for football. I still got love for football. Like right. looking back. It, I wish I would have kept playing for sure. Right. Okay. But I end up getting hurt my junior year in basketball at the end of uh the season in like April. I tore my ACL. So okay, I think I remember that. Okay. I couldn't play football my senior year. Okay. Like, whole shot was gone. So after that, I'm like, yeah, I'm just gonna stick with basketball basically for real. Yeah, yeah. Okay. And so, like, when do you feel like your light switch is on? And I always and I always notice for any elite athlete, you know, where you end up getting a lot of offers and getting heavily recruited. We all have, we all know like when that light switch went on, like kind of like when you start noticing that like you're better than most of the guys you're going up against, you're making a lot more plays than most Crazy. of the guys you're going up against. And then like all the letters started coming to the house, all the letters started to come to the school. And then all the coaches started coming to the school. And like, it all kind of started to make sense. Like, oh damn, like growing up, you know, it's always a dream, especially if you were Ohio kid, Midwest kid, you want to play in the big 10. But I think- sure. And if Cleveland, Ohio, like you want to go to Ohio State. So like when that stuff, when that started to turn and be a kind of a reality, like, oh no, I actually really happened. When was that for you? Because for me, it was like 10th grade. After my 10th grade, um, after my 10th grade football season, I was like all league. I was like second in sacks. I was only 15. And so that's when I started like getting my uh, like my first couple offers and awesome. all those kind yeah. of things. And then that's when it was like, once I got my first Big Ten offer from Indiana, that's when I was like, oh shit, like I can. Like, like, no, like, I've been watching all these games for all these years. Yeah. yeah, like, now it's like, oh, it's like, be. this is about to be, like, this could really happen. It was like a surreal thing. So when was that time for you? No, nah, that's that's real. It's funny you say that because, like, cleaning out the crib and stuff during COVID, I'm yeah. finding old letters. I'm finding stuff when I was eight years old talking about college, Ohio State football. Wow, that young. 20, 20 touchdowns, such and such yards, and such and such uh, career uh, yeah. catches and stuff like that. So I, like, had it envisioned in my head from when I was young. Mm -hmm. But like you said, when it, like, actually start to happen was probably, like, my ninth grade year in practice. Mm -hmm. I'm, playing, I'm playing a little bit on JV, or mostly JV I was playing on varsity. I really played safety. They said I was tall, so Anything they throw, go get the ball. That's what they told me. Okay. To do. Okay. But in practice, I'm making all type of plays. Yeah. And they got, you know, college scouts and, and uh, coaches and stuff coming in. And then mm -hmm. we had um, Elvis Gerbach and uh, Desmond Howard, who went to St. Joe's. Yeah. They come to practice. They see me going crazy, though. They okay. To the top, talking to me like, yeah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you, you, you got it, basically. And yeah. that's when I realized that, you know, my level was a little bit higher. A little than different. Right. And, right. Like you say my sophomore years when we played against y'all, that's when I I start seeing myself evolve into a, a yeah player. yeah that that might have been like your coming out party man because <laughs> <And> like <laughs> I mean I was only in the ninth grade but that was like our maybe second or third game of the season 
And uh, like I said, I hadn't played football since I was six because I couldn't, I mean, since sixth grade. So I had been out of, out of it for two years. But even when I got back in it, I was so much better than everybody else. That was so they put me on varsity. That was my first game starting. And I remember making like the first two plays. Like I was number 55. I'm like, man, but say y'all was real good that year, man. Like oh, that uh, yeah, yeah, oh, we were. Oh, 03 season, that 03 yeah, season. Yeah, y'all was real good. Yeah. And so it, it ended up being like 50 to seven, man. But I would just never forget. I remember y'all running like a screen <laughs> and like to my side, y'all threw the screen to you. And I try to like check, you know, redirect and you know get get to a spot and a lineman came out of, came out of nowhere and cleaned me. And I just I remember like looking up and seeing you. You was number 10, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> this is you like this. <laughs> I'm like, oh, I'm like, oh, this, okay. So this is like this is major high school football. Okay. <laughs> but I was only like 14, but I still remember I just still remember. Like you being like that. That's why I was like, and it's still vivid in my head, that, that memory. And I got so many football memories. So no, definitely. And then my boy <laughs> Sam White, that was my boy growing up. He, he yeah. was out there for the yep. So yep. I, had yep. a, I, I had a little inner battle going on with him. <laughs> okay. I yeah, I, I remember he told me about that. He told me about that. So um talk about like when the recruiter really, really picked up. I'm sure. Did you always want to go to Ohio State? Did you have a top three? Did you, you know, take any any visits like and then why ultimately Ohio State? Yeah. So actually, uh, Ohio State offered me first in football. Mel Tucker came to the school, offered me in football. Ah, I never knew that. That was, that was my, yeah, my sophomore year going into my junior year. OK. And that's when I was going through the whole thing. Like, am I going to play or not? And such yeah. and such. But I had picked up so much from basketball and I'm like, I mean, I can still make it. I'm good. Basically. Yeah. So. Uh, I think after after my sophomore year at AAU, I went on the circuit for basketball and I was I was doing real good. I was killing at all the camps and all the tournaments and stuff. Yeah. I think it really picked up on like I'm getting North Carolina, I'm getting Duke, I'm getting Florida, Syracuse, I'm yeah. getting all the top schools, you know, right. coming in and at me now. And I knew it was real when the actual coaches was coming to the gym in the summertime now. Right, so right. I'm seeing everybody from Coach <laughs> That's Bayheim. crazy, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Coming to the to the uh, Purple Palace at Joe's uh, just to watch me work out and stuff in the summer. Yeah. But uh, after that, I think probably my junior year, I, that's when I tore my ACL. Okay. I'm like, I need to make a decision right now. So Before I you tore your ACL – did you ever think to maybe maybe you could play both at Ohio State? Did that ever cross your mind at all? It did. It it definitely did. But when I tore my ACL, that's when it was like, all right. Okay, I yeah, no, nah, I can't do both. I got to choose. Okay. I need okay. to stick to one thing. I'll tell you okay. the story. So I'm like, I need to stick to one thing. But I'm at Cleveland Clinic at the doctor's office. I told my mom, like, I'm calling coaches right now. I'm going to Ohio State, mom. <laughs> like, <laughs> They not about to pull my scholarship offer or none of that. They right, sure right. Because be okay. they they'll do that when you have an injury like that. Yeah, exactly. And this is new for me. It's my first time being hurt. I'm right. 16 years old. I don't know nothing about none of this stuff. Right. So, right. whole bunch of stuff flashed through my mind. I'm already uh, knowing. I had Ohio State, uh, Syracuse, uh, Michigan State, Florida, and Arizona. Those are my top five. I took visits to three of them. And then my mom took a visit one to Arizona. I couldn't go out there uh, because I was I was injured, so I really couldn't fly yet. Yeah. Uh, other other than that, it was basically I was a Buckeye. Since yeah, birth, I right? mean, so, yeah, through and through. It, it, it was it was a no brainer. I knew yeah. everybody 
talent there already. Right. Half of the team on a football team. I, I grew up playing with them. Of course. Newly league playing with Sims Raiders and stuff like that. So right, right. I, I, it was it was it was it just yeah, it just made it sense. It it seemed like that was a great year, man, because you went for basketball and then you had Ray Small, Brian Brownie, Rob Rose all with football. Up, yep. Thaddeus Gibson from Euclid went to went for football. It was so many yep. of y'all, man. So yeah, I mean, I, I wanted to go to Ohio State so bad, man. Stressor came to the house. But, like, my class, because I was 07, y'all was 06, and yeah. 06 class with Thaddeus Gibson, they signed, like, six or seven linebackers because that's when A.J. Hawk and all those guys was leaving. Left, yeah. So they yeah. signed a bunch of linebackers. So my 07 class, they only offered two linebackers in the entire country, like, because they didn't need they didn't need any. Yeah, they already and was food. they already. offered Jamel Hines, obviously, who I played with at DeVille, then they offer Brian Rowe, a guy, the guy from Florida. And they like, and you know, they told my parents, like, hey, if Brian Rowe goes to Florida, because Florida had just played Ohio State National Championship. Um, and yeah, yeah. Florida like whooped him. That's when Ted uh took the kick return back, first yeah, play. And yeah, broke his ankle, then they didn't score again. They won like 40 to 7. So I'm thinking, like, all right, man, this he this dude, a Florida guy, and Florida's won a national championship. I know he's gonna go to Florida, so I'm just I'm just waiting. I'm waiting on for there him to commit. Just waiting for him to commit so I can take get that scholarship, go to old state, you know, fulfill my dream. I already had like at least eight or nine other Big Ten schools. And so I, I had, like, secondary options, but I always want to go to Ohio yeah, State. Yeah, so you waiting on that one. Though. Yeah, I'm waiting on him. Yeah, and then a week after the National Championship, he commits to Ohio State. I'm like. You know, it's crazy, though. You know, it's crazy. Bro, bro was my room. Well, not my roommate, but he was in my, uh, in my, uh. Who, uh, Brian, Brian Rowe? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. And it's Hill, funny, I, Beanie, all of them. Yeah, yeah, man. yeah. I be talking to Mel now, man, and Mel always be like, every time him and he said him and Brian Rowe end up being real cool, but he like every cool. time he see him, like he think about me because he was there yeah, with me. I'm like, man, I'm trying. I'm about to come with you as soon as this dude go to Florida. I'm, I'm like, it's gonna be us. Like, and then he ended up going. <laughs> so it just was a crazy. It, it it's crazy how it all worked out. You know what I'm saying? No. But yeah, yeah, yeah. So but like it's definitely, but for me too, I almost end up playing because Trestle still wanted me to play. Okay, so like you say freshman year, they they went to national championship. He like mm -hmm. I don't even got to do that much. We got a lot of spots over. You can just come to practice, see how you like it, this and that. Yeah. Then coach for basketball, Coach Mata, he like we got the number one recruiting class in basketball. We got Greg Owen, Mike Conley, right. Dave yep. Cook, myself who came in. Mm -hmm. He like. No, nah, we got a big project going on over here. <laughs> yeah, he wasn't trying to hear that. Going over there and get hurt again. Yeah, so he, he basically kind of like X that out. Okay, okay, okay. We end up going to national championship too. Your freshman year. Yeah, yeah. Final. <laughs> yeah, y'all went to the final four. Your freshman year, right? Yeah, lost to Florida. Yeah, they yeah. We, <laughs> that that whole 06, 07, 08, That it was crazy because Ohio State and Florida was so good in both sports, in football both sports. and basketball. Like, sports, so you yeah. know what I mean. So. Man, that 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 was a that was a good time, man. I was so that Definitely. was that was like my next segue. How was your transition from you know St. Joe's to Ohio State? And like obviously you didn't register, like you immediately was got playing time. Like and yeah. you you know, you go from what maybe a sold out gym and maybe five thousand in northeast Ohio to I'm not I can't remember how much uh your your y'all y'all's home it's center holds like, it's twenty thousand in there twenty thousand on all your games <laughs> on ESPN CBS like what was that transition like did you did you kind of relish in those moments and knew you you were ready or like did you kind of just was it like a gradual 
you you still only 18. <laughs> so it was no, like, was it like I mean, a gradual thing? I, mean, I think it was a little bit gradual, but I think the team that we had, we we had seen a lot. We had played a lot of verse. Basically, all those guys already. Like right. growing up AAU circuit, you going all across the country playing everybody. So you see the best teams and the best players. Right. Hey, I would say we ain't see a team like Florida though. <laughs> they, 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 they was that's like, when they have Brewer and Noah, Joaquin yeah. Noah, and all got yeah, yeah, yeah Al okay. Horford, who just yeah. about to go to the finals. His first, finals. his first finals, yep. Yeah, so they like they had just won national championship, so they already knew what was up. They know yeah. how to get it done already. Yeah. So we played them earlier in the season, and they smacked us about twenty down there. Mm. Like we, we, that's when we like realized that it's another level. Like we good, but it's a whole other level that we got to right. Do. Right. I think we went on a, a run of like 15 or 18 games and we, we went right to the national championship and played them again. But unfortunately, we lost. But right. it was right. definitely a process, you know, yeah. coming from high school and then just just getting uh, acclimated to the whole schedule. You know, yeah, I'm right. really on my own. Right. I, I really got to wake up on my own, get here on time. Got time here. management. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Trying to, you know, party a little bit still too. Social and, life. Know, and get extra stuff in and that's so why i love that's why i love highlighting that transition because i think like a lot of fans or people that really don't understand that daily grind it's like when you're a college collegiate athlete at division one level it's a over four-time job like it's more than a four-time job and you really have to iron out and time manage your day because you, you up at 5 a.m you probably got workouts at 5 30 you got to get your workout in 90 minutes then you got to go grab some breakfast then your classes probably start at eight you got to get right your classes class. in. Yeah, you got to get your classes in. Then you may have a tutor. You got to take a meeting with one of your um, uh, academic advisors. Okay, now it's noon. Go grab lunch. You still got classes. And then don't be hurt. Don't have some kind of like injury or nick. You got to go get treatment. You got to be over there super early. <laughs> then you got to be Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's a consequence. Yeah, then you got meetings, and then you got practice, and then you got training table, then you got study hall, you got to do your homework, prepare for tests. Before you know it, it's 10 p.m., and you do this that same thing the very next day. And it's a continuous thing for four to five years. And people just don't understand what kind of mindset you have to have to stay locked in, you know, when you when you on that kind of level, man. So that's why I love highlighting that. No, definitely. They they only see the game. They oh, he had twenty these catches. This such exactly. And such. They definitely don't see what all went into it though. Sure. Exactly, exactly. But like Those you said, cycle of day by day, week by week, month by month, it, it turns you into a machine for real. Yeah, I mean, it's not good for everybody. I mean, it's not. You can see some people separate from others because they understood, you know, how to get it done. Steve. Exactly. No, no, absolutely. Like it, it definitely makes you a machine, and I, and I think that. It also it allows you to have more of like a regimen when you do like stop playing or you go into like, yeah, the real yeah. world, just having your regular life. It's easy kind of for you to structure a day because, you know, you've been on like this kind of structure, you know, all this time. So, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, <laughs> right. Pretty much a whole life. So what would you say? Like, what were some moments? What were some of the biggest or your fondest moments at Ohio State during your career? Like just off the top of your head, when I ask that question, what immediately like comes to mind? Easy comes to mind. Uh, oh man, it's a lot, really. I say national championship, of course, going to the national championship. Yeah, but yeah. You, you say that, my boy Dallas Slaughterdale, he went, he went to Seoul and he went yeah. down. Oh, yeah, I played he against just, him a couple times. <laughs> he sent me some uh, some videos from back when we was in college the other okay. day. Okay, so just 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 the camaraderie, the family, yeah, type 
experience that you had with, with, your, with your boys and your teammates and stuff, going out, chilling, bus right. rides, trips like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, Those just memories that, that, that go with you forever. But then right. you got games and situations that you always going to remember. Right. And it's little jokes inside the game. But man, what was you thinking you was doing this? <laughs> you got dunked on and this right. and that. Right. Uh, it's like trips to New York that we had playing in the garden. Mm. Uh, when I won three Big Ten championships. Wow. So that I, I got the most wins at Ohio State. Yeah. And, I, and I, I read that what well, your record just got broken, but you had the record all this no, time 100, 157 career games played in Division One. NCAA. I still got the record at Ohio State. So I had the okay. NCAA. Yeah, yeah. And then a guy yeah. from my alma mater, uh, Jordan Bohannon, just broke yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Hey, we got to put that COVID asterisk on there, though, bro. He played like seven. Right, right. Cool. No, he That's did, good. though. Yeah, like, it seemed like he – I know he played at least, like, six years, something crazy like that. I like, think it was six. I think it was six. Officially. Yeah, he got, like, a medical red shirt and all these. Like, yeah, he kept coming they got, back. They, they call it the COVID years, they calling it. Yeah, 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 yeah. So yeah, that's that, that that's all super impressive, man. So you came out. It was a 2011 uh, NBA draft. Yep, 2011. Okay. So like, like, just paint me a picture on that process. Like, what, what, what kind of like, what were you hearing? Um, did you kind of know that you would go undrafted? And then like, what was draft night like going undrafted and just having to figure that out? Because I think that's what gets lost in translation. Like, yeah, for sure. Like people forget that you have to live through these moments of going undrafted and figuring out your next action step. Like, you know, like how you work your way up to the league or how you got to go play in these different leagues. Like, so kind of like explain how that was for you. No, for sure. And it's, it's way more players who don't get drafted that exactly. are drafted. Especially in basketball. Y'all got two rounds. <laughs> 60 spots. Literally, it's 60 yeah. spots. All it is. And you got thousands of players trying yeah. to fight for those spots. But for me, man, looking back on the situation, it was just, it was just bad timing. I would say for for me, uh, I got sixteen NBA workouts. It's thirty teams. I, w- I worked out for sixteen teams. So more I, than yeah, more than half, half the league. The league. Yeah. And so I was working out from April up until mid June, June twenty fifth or twenty fourth, I think draft was. So I was okay. working out down in Atlanta and then flying out to different. Uh, cities to the teams and, and doing a uh, little training camp workout stuff mm-hmm. but from what i was getting and what I, my agent was telling me i was gonna go second round i was gonna get drafted mm-hmm. and so everybody had me on the draft board even on draft night i was the the best available in the second round and yeah it, it just it, it just didn't happen yeah. literally draft morning detroit called me in I, I flew up to detroit i had a workout i did great i killed it I get called into the office. I mean, I never forget this in my life. Joe Dumars looked me in my eyes and told me at the, I think it was the 33rd pick because Cleveland had 32 and I wanted to come to Cleveland. Of course. At the 33rd <laughs> pick, I'm going to pick you if you're there. He said, like, I usually don't do this, but if you're there, available. Wow. Joe Dumars, Bruh. a Detroit Pistons legend, told you that. Look at here. Man. Eyes to eyes. I still, I still got the anger in my eyes. Man. <laughs> I, I gave that That's man a crazy. Hug. I left. <laughs> I left. I go to the airport. This yeah. is the day of the draft, bro. This is the day of the draft. The day of, of the draft. draft. I go to the airport, bro. I call my middle school coaches. Of my course. Coaches, yeah. my college coaches. It's happening. It's happening. It's going down. Thank you. Just thank <laughs> you for letting me be me and getting me to this point and, and helping me fulfill my dream. Yeah. Oh, fam. The draft come around. 
first round going on. like you chilling because you kind of know okay but some stuff happened in the first round that ended up changing everything they was drafting okay. players who was overseas so they basically end up bumping players up and up and up and okay. there was a lockout here so that was the problem okay. that's why they drafted those players they were saying it was a lockout year so the nba they normally would have had summer league right after the draft right basketball didn't start again until december because of the lockout. Oh, okay. So, yeah, I remember that. So players got bumped up. Joe Dumars texts me, 33rd pick come around. Of course, I'm like, yeah, it's <laughs> my time. It's almost time. It's my time. Right. I, it didn't happen. They picked Kyle Singler from Duke University. I remember him. I'm like, what? All right. I get a text on my phone. Joe Dumars, like, some things happened. Guys got bumped up. We didn't think that they would be around still or they wasn't supposed to be around still. But we still want you such and such and this and that. But uh, the the crazy part is I, I could have got drafted still, but it wouldn't have been a good situation for me. Okay. So probably like the 52nd or 53rd pick uh, team, a team wanted me, but my agent is telling me that they'll have my rights. They'll they'll draft you, but you probably won't sign on. Like if you're okay. in the second round, it's not guaranteed. You yeah. got to make the team. And they had already two or three people in my spot. So it's like okay. – if I'm a free agent, I can choose which team I'm going to go to and have a right. better chance. Okay, I got so you. Basically told them, no, we're going we gonna to see what happens in, in free agency. Okay. And uh, that, that was the spill on that one. That's what happened. But then after the draft, I went to Atlanta. I did great at the workout. Mm-hmm. They said they wanted me, but I had to make a decision since it was a lockout. Do I go overseas or do I stay and see what happens if they're going to play basketball? And then I chose to, to overseas. go overseas. Italy my first year get the yeah. guarantee basically right 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 and then um you know for the last 11 years you've just you've kind of stayed overseas so like for those first couple of years in the off season would you come back and try to like do workouts for NBA teams or like did you kind of just like settle in you know to, to to the overseas career I did I did summer league probably four years I did okay. uh probably my second year after no actually actually the next year but this is, this is going back to me being young and not knowing what's going on. My second year, uh, I did summer league with the Phoenix Suns. Okay. P.J. Tucker. We just see P.J. Tucker playing. Yep. He was overseas as well. He okay. just came back. So he's in summer league with me. Yeah. They ended up signing. He did him. like seven years overseas, eight years overseas, right? Yeah, Before he did he a came. lot of years overseas. Yeah. Like he did two years in the NBA, then like six or seven years overseas, and then came back. So this was mm-hmm. his first year back. Yeah. We both played for Phoenix in the summer league. They end up signing him, and then they're telling me, basically, like, if you stay, you got a pretty good chance to make it. But my whole thing was like, all right, then guarantee me some money, basically, because that's that's my whole thing, Just making right. sure that I'm all right to feed my they, family. Basically. Yeah, yeah, they, they asking you to stay for training camp. Yeah, okay. but it's not a guarantee that yeah. I'm going to make it, but they kind of, okay. like, hinting and telling me. Yeah and, 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 yeah, and they don't pay you anything up no. front for, for a training camp? No, you don't oh, get well, nothing. I, see. I didn't know that. Okay. Yeah, okay. You don't get nothing out front for training camp. Exactly. Okay. Oh, okay. Only if they signed you. And they assigned PJ. So he was good. He was straight. Okay. 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 But okay. so me, I end up signing over in France. And another guy who was on the summer league, he stayed. They end up signing him, Deontay okay. Garrett. So it's like <laughs> that split decision or that, yeah, that split yeah. little change. It's crazy how, yeah. Something yeah. don't go your way. It changes mm-hmm. everything, but mm-hmm. after that, it was like, uh, I mean, I'm making good money. I'm still 
getting guaranteed money here. I'm, I'm yeah. playing basketball, so it's like You're playing pro ball, well, man. Having a like long career, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I was talking to um, uh, Jawa. I had Jawa Williams on here like sometime last year, uh, and he was talking about that because you know he started overseas and then he came play for the Cavs for a couple years, and now uh, he's still playing overseas. This is oh, like. Yeah, this is like, like year 18 or 19 for him. Yeah, I'm you're, like you're a real big OG over here. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And, I, and, I, and he like, man, yeah, I just like he always put it in his mind that he wanted to play 20 years. So he always thought it was funny um, that you know LeBron had to enter his 20th year. I think he about to enter his like 20th or 19. Yeah, he just was he like, man, yeah. He just like I just I always knew I always wanted to play 20 years. And kind of like he was saying like once you accept that that you still playing a pro ball and you still getting paid nice and you still able to take care of your family. It don't really get you down that, you know, you didn't have this long career in the NBA. Cause it's yeah. still like, we, we are still from Cleveland. Like we weren't supposed to be here anyway. No, <laughs> you know yeah, what I'm saying? So sure, it's like, sure. so like, like when do you feel like you accepted that? Like, okay, like this is about to be my pro career pretty much overseas. And I can like be proud of that. Like, did you ever have any like weak moments? Like, damn man, like I know I'm good enough for the NBA. Like, and I know, you know, maybe this should have happened for me. Or did you ever have any thoughts like that? Or are you always just like, was kind of able to accept just how to, how your cards, you know, how your cards laid out? No, for sure. It's always that what if. It's always that, you know, late night thinking like, man, like I say, I be watching the games all the time. You yeah. come out here, oh, I know I'm better than him. Oh, I killed him. I did, this, did <laughs> right. that. But right. that's, that's just not how the game go. I mean, like you said, your, your cards was dealt different. Mm-hmm. They was at the mm-hmm. right place at the right time. Like, yeah. it's plenty of people overseas who could play in the NBA. Oh, yeah. Uh, just if they got the opportunity or, yeah. like I said, be in the right place at the right time or or know the right people. Yeah, I mean, exactly. that go, a long, that go and, a long way, too. And with basketball, that window is so small. Like, even, I mean, with, yeah. with the with the NFL, you know, even, even for training camp, you know, they're going to have about 90 guys on the roster. And then guys will start getting cut. And then, you know, you only have a 52-man, 53-man yeah. roster. Yeah during the season, man, but basketball is even a smaller window. So you got, you got less than 1% that, you know, of players that even make it like, and well, stay, 12 stay. So make it like, and they got two reserves. <laughs> so, yeah, man, it's, it's tough. It's tough, man. It's, so like you said, I know those, those thoughts just run through your head. Like, man, maybe if this had happened or maybe if this happened, like it's always a hard yeah. pill to swallow. It definitely is. But like you said, probably like my fifth year, I, I accepted it. I had my son. I'm like, He's basically gonna be set for life. He's gonna have a better life than I ever had. So exactly. I'm taking care of my family. They living good. I got I'm living in Paris, bro. <laughs> like <laughs> I'm driving by the Eiffel Tower. Right. Now, I lived I lived in Milan, Italy. Like Man. we literally, I'm traveling to you get to take in all those cultures and yeah, actually yeah. live there as a local. Like you and can't that's, beat that's that. You can't beat those experiences. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. That's when I started embracing it. I'm like, bro, I'm traveling to places that people never in their right mind thought that they would be able to see or, or dream of, of coming to and I'm, I'm getting to go play basketball here and get paid nice to do it i'm like literally yeah so, that's fire. Uh, going to barcelona <laughs> spain we going to israel we going to greece and playing so yeah uh, it's definitely been an experience but once uh you say like you said put your mind to it and be open to everything and experience right right then it settles you down and, and you embrace it all uh, exactly yeah definitely got to be open-minded um especially i mean it's still even when I go back home, man. Like I, I, I love to travel, so I've, I'm always trying to get out the country at least twice a year, because um, no. I've always kind of had that open mind. But every time I go home for like the holidays or something like that, 
you still see, even at our age, you still see those closed-minded guys that like they just yep. they cool with just going to Miami. They don't want to go out the country, they don't want to see they another culture, like they don't want to learn another language, they don't like you know, everyone kind of looks looks at the world different ways, man. So like yeah, yeah. for sure. But it's yeah. like visiting and actually seeing it doesn't do it do it justice as the reading about it or seeing it on IG and stuff like that. You gotta exactly. actually be in it to exactly. experience it like yeah, so no, no, that's so I, a lot of different stuff on how people live and how different stuff is uh, around the world. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, man. So four-time French League champion, two-time French League Finals MVP. What would you say has been like your fondest moment, or, or again something that just stood out playing overseas? Because um, I think you've kind of like showed the way of like, hey, no, like if the NBA do- doesn't work out, you can still play overseas and have like this longevity, this, this longevity of a career and have success and be a champion. I mean, you want, you know, and so like what, just kind of talk about some moments that, that kind of stand out. And do uh, you plan on playing 20 years? Like Jawad? <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if I can do 20. It's yeah. crazy. This year, this year, 11 for me, 12. I got four I more years left on my contract. I've been with okay. the same team. It's going to be for nine years. Yeah, yeah, because I saw you play with them from 14, 2014, 2016, and then yeah, you've been with them since 2017. You haven't you still back. Been. Yeah, exactly. So for usually overseas, stuff works different. Like each year, you kind of like try to outplay your contract. Like, right. So Americans normally change teams every year or most. They'll stay at the same team for maybe two years. OK, uh, but I, I, I found a team that love me and I found a team that fit my style of play and, and they let me be me. Exactly. Uh, I think, um, like I said, Tony Parker, he's my my owner of the team. Yeah, so yeah. he kind of he treats it like the Spurs here. Yeah, so oh, that's dope. I got, I got everything. And, I need. and you could potentially have him as a mentor too. Like, I mean, you can't beat. I that. already that's is. A... Potentially, he already is. Like, yeah, I, I take him every week. Okay. <laughs> like, like, oh man, you see, you can't beat that. Yeah, yeah, so that's dope. Exactly. It's it's stuff that uh, I would say that fit my life and my vision of, of, of what I wanted mm-hmm. that was perfect fit for me here. Uh, so it, it literally was like, what else, what else do I want? What else do I need? Right. Why would I go somewhere else if, if they really want me to stay and they believe in me? So yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Just, that makes sense. <laughs> I, growing up, of course, we think, oh yeah, I'm gonna play for the Chicago Bulls. I'm gonna be Michael Jordan, get my number hanging up in the rafters. But Right. I mean, now I'm probably gonna have my number hanging up here in France. So it's like, which is fire. And like you said, when your son get older, you can bring yeah, my son. This, this, this experiences that can't beat that, be man. For, for, for a lifetime. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah, that's fire, man. I love that. Um, one more question, bro. What would you say is David Lighty's after effect? I mean, I know you still playing, but like, what would you say is your after effect of your entire athletic journey? I'm sure you started playing basketball and football fairly young. So, you know, we're talking about almost a 20-year relationship, you know, with the game of basketball. Just what were some lessons that you learned over all these years that, like, you took and you still carry with you now while you're still actively playing? You know, stuff that you may implement to you, in, into your son and really just as we try to, like, push the culture forward. Oh, uh, for me, it was uh, kind of going to back what you said earlier, like when we was talking about uh, class and structure. Mm-hmm. Uh, in college, you got time management, do this and do that with the schedules. Right. I would say I, I choose sports or take sports and definitely push it into everything I do in life. Because like mm-hmm. you said, I've been doing this all my life. Exactly. This is a lot of what I know. Right, <laughs> right. You Use it, it down, as a vehicle. Exactly. When you break it down, this goes all the way into business. 
Exactly. You structures, you, you setting up your, your business, your team that you want to build. Mm-hmm. All right, you, you got the PG, you got the, the guard, you got the power man down low who, who mm-hmm. you can go to when you need right. stuff like that. Right. So it's all the structure and mindset for me. And okay. then, then, then in, the, in sports, it's, it's so many ups and downs. It's just like life, like even yeah. in the game. But within the season, you're doing good, y'all hot, y'all on a win streak, and it's cold, y'all losing games. Right. So it's about staying even, staying mm-hmm. even and keeping your mental straight. And yeah. I think for me, uh, that just helped me become who I am as a person. Uh, just just staying focused, having Stand your focused. guys, honesty yeah. and respect. Those are three things I, I, I try to live by. I think when I take that and what sports has given me and I in, integrated into my life and into my, my family and my son, mm-hmm. and I think I think it's it's shown that it's been great success for us. Yeah. And, and say pushing everything forward. Yeah, I, man, I, I love that. I love that after effect. Um, where where do you see yourself like after you've done playing? Like, um, have you thought, have you given that any thought? Do you think you would like um, do business overseas or will you come back to, to the States and do something in the States or you have, you, you haven't really thought about it yet? A little bit of everything. Oh no, no, I'm thinking about it. It's coming okay. down to that time. So for <laughs> sure I'm thinking about it, getting, getting stuff going. Uh, yeah. I mean, real estate, I'm in the real estate right now, a little okay. stuff. Yeah. Then uh, setting up gyms, camps yeah. and stuff like that. Then, like I said, talking with, with Tony, like he's like a, a mentor, big brother to me. So absolutely, just different avenues and lanes that, I know he gave you so much game. Yeah, <laughs> pushing my way towards me, you know, so I can basically like get a feel for for basically what I want to do after life. Because I mean, I mean, after basketball life, I should say. Because mm-hmm. this is what he's doing right now. He's after basketball life, but exactly. you know, he's the owner of his team, right? And the owner, of five other businesses that yeah. he, he you know dealing with on the daily. Yeah. So just like you say, watch him and see how he structured things and and see yeah. how he builds stuff. And it kind of helps me to see, you know, what moves to make and what what not to make. But it's a lot like of a, yeah, and that's and that's like a major blessing in itself for you to get to watch him over all this time, all these years, and kind of see the moves he's making. Maybe if you got a question or something, maybe you know you can shoot him a text or you know what I'm saying just kind of get yeah. all that game for all this time and you know take your yeah, notes and exactly. oh I like that's that cool. I'm a, I'm a, I'm gonna implement that in my little strategy. I'm a, yeah, you know what I mean. That's- Free game for sure. That's exactly yeah, what it is. Yeah, yeah. Willing to 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 give me all the answers, basically. Right. To the test. So why not take it? Exactly. Uh, but for me, I mean, people people talked about doing um, some coaching jobs and stuff like that. They asked me. Yeah. Uh, Do you see yourself coaching or? I think so. Because I know first, you've been around the game so long. Because like even me, I mean, I'm gonna I'm chill out first. Like you said, I've been around <laughs> basketball so right. much. I'm gonna. T- you don't want to think about basketball for at least a little while. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna take like two or three years off to refresh right. my mind and right. yeah, see what I get my foot into next. But like that's why I say, just ownership of stuff right now is, is my main thing. You know, good Absolutely. cash flow coming in. What I've done. Absolutely. Main goal. Yeah. But then after that, it's. Maybe broadcasting. I've had some opportunities. Big Ten Network hit me up a couple of times. Okay. So yeah. Yeah. That'd be do great. Little internships in the summertime and stuff to see, you know, if I like it or if I would really, you know, be all right to, to doing it. Basically. Yeah. 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 That, yeah. That'd be great, man. And like you said, you had such a great career in the Big Ten. That, yeah. That'd, that'd be dope. Yeah. But I mean, that's what it's about, man. Just, you know, having those kind of opportunities, um, you know, after like a great playing career. So I know that I know I said, it sounds like you're in a good spot. Nah, definitely, man. I, I can't complain, man. Like I said, this, this game <laughs> of basketball took me places yeah. I could only 
Exactly. So I, exactly. I just got to make sure I use it in the right way. Exactly. Exactly. Well, that's all I have, man. I appreciate you joining. One thing I've been trying to pride myself on since COVID is making sure I give flowers while we're still here. I feel like as black men, we don't do it enough, man. So like I alluded to earlier, now I've been following your career since we was, since I was probably like 13, 14. So just to see where you've went, everything you've done, man, it's been a, it's been a pleasure. Um, so I just kind of want to show you that love, man. Give you your flowers, you know, while you both sit here, bro. No, I definitely appreciate it, man. Don't definitely appreciate you having me. So of course, of course, man. Get, get that going with this, man. Yes, you sir. Going, so keep it rolling for sure. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I appreciate it, man. All right, bro. We'll be in touch. Be safe. All right. Have a good one. Peace. All right, guys. So um, I thought that was a great episode 79 with Dave. Um, if you listen to the entire episode, he just has a super dope story. Um, you know, making it to the Final Four National Championship at Ohio State as a freshman, playing in 157 career games in Division One men's basketball, and has, I mean, his 12th year playing overseas. I believe he's playing in France right now. Um, so many, like, great memories, such a great athlete. Uh, but an even better person, right? So if you've listened to this entire episode on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, please rate us. Please leave us a review. As you know, one of the ways that we make money is listenership. If you've watched this entire episode on YouTube, please subscribe to LeBron Daniel TV. Please leave a comment. Please leave a question. Um, merch, merch, merch. We have it in our hand. We just have to get it embroidered, get our packaging right, um, You know, get, get a simple landing page or website where you, got, where you all can order. And we'll be ready to go for merch for, for all, all my people that have been supporting me for almost two years now, supporting the show, watching, listening, um, and kind of just connecting with us. So, yeah, just 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 keep rocking with us. And, yeah, to the next time, peace.